Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, August 13th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 418. I'm your host, Austin Walker, joined today by Rob Zach. Good morning. And Ricardo Contreras. Hello. It's hot. It's hot today. Oh. Tomorrow is supposed to be a nightmare. I'm summer's I'm not. back with a summer is back, baby. <laughs> stay hydrated. Stay cool. Stay shaded. Stay hydrated. I'm. Uh, this is a fun first test for. Uh, I put in a ceiling fan a few weeks ago, right? Because mm. like my apartment's always had really strong temper temperature gradients, basically where the like the uh front of my apartment by the front door uh leads into the sort of the giant atrium in my building mm-hmm. just gets scorchingly hot um <laughs> and then it gets like cool by the the hvac unit so uh put in a ceiling fan in the in the, in the foyer in the theory that like i just needed to get some air circulating in the you know far part of the apartment to to move things around uh so far the theory is like the theory is working. It's been hot as hell, and the AC uh-huh. has actually not been running constantly. Okay. Um, wow. And is so, it a situation where you run the AC to, like, lower the temp, and then you fan for a few hours, or it just keeps that air moving and cool? Or do you not uh, even yeah. need to turn it on? Okay. Pre- nice. Well, so it's, um, you know, it's on a thermostat. Right. Uh, so basically it is, gotcha. but, the, but the, like, the thing is, in the past, on really hot days, it would just start running and running and running and running um, instead of, like, lose the race. Right, but like right. the two things I'm doing are I keep the blackout curtains down mm-hmm. um, and I've got the ceiling fan going and like, you know, for several hours a day, the AC is not actually running. It's just right. running the fan and I get the ceiling fan. I'm like, my God, I might have actually hacked like making my apartment habitable <laughs> in the in the summer without like. You know, going to drop, you know, you have, say a hundred bucks off your electricity bill. Month. Yeah. Like, yeah. Awesome. That's the best. Yeah. Weather stripping and ceiling fans, man. It's, it turns it's out the shit. It turns out. Um. Well, that's good. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Like genuinely. That sounds like I'm like lying. I'm not. I'm not lying. I'm genuinely happy for you. <laughs> I'm supposed to go into the city uh, today on the 13th, uh, which is like it's going to be fun to go see a friend. But like. It's going to be one of those things where it's like we both made that agreement knowing that we were going to boil alive every step uh, of the way. Yeah. So, yeah, subways uh, just got to be hell, right? Subways aren't great. Well, you can get an air conditioned unit and those can be fine, but the more people that are in them, the worse it is. And then also, you just sometimes just don't get one. You get one without, yeah. a, uh, without AC and you're like, all right, here broken. I am now. You're done. It's just broken. Exactly. Also, um, the, it's a 20 the minute ride. The platforms are so. always bad. 
Yeah, the no matter what. always bad. <laughs> like no matter what, no matter if it's hot or not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very rarely comfortable any time of the year. Um, they're like the too dead of winter. Or, they're okay, maybe. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, God, when it rains, I don't even mean floods. I know people saw the, that footage of of the flooded oh, station, yeah. but like I just mean the the way that the rain can cause a subway station to just become the most humid thing in the world or it feels like you're swimming even if you're not literally swimming yeah anyway we should talk about other i was like we should talk about something nice and i looked at this list of games it's like <laughs> demons on mars uh you know just nuclear disasters uh a library where people get turned into books i we got all sorts of shit today <laughs> the fact that how let loose is bad now Hell at loose isn't bad now, Rob. We had a couple bad games. <laughs> I can't project. We had we had we had we had some games that were like frustrating because one because I had we had the like sleepiest commander I've ever had in my life. It was just a guy like I love his voice, a fantastic voice, just not a fantastic voice for like getting a bunch of people to do something. Mm. And not a fantastic voice to have talking in your ear like this while you're trying to push onto a point and uh, get the rest of your squad to do something on your behalf. And he's talking like this and he's saying, Oh, maybe we put down an airhead over in G seven. Maybe we put down uh, some, <laughs> a bombing run. I'm going to do a recon plan. I'm going to keep talking the whole time. Uh, and it's like, I, I love this for you. I love that you have the, this particular voice. It, it rules in every like other context, late but night, this one late night NPR hosts. Yeah, well, like, and, and I, well, the thing is, it's actually it's British. It was a ah. British guy, and I can't do a good low British <laughs> accent. I can barely do any other British. Like, and and so it was like deeply sonorous and like ah, this is nice. Oh wait, that's incoming artillery fire. Fuck. <laughs> Why did no one? Or just like he would just drop a bombing run out of nowhere on our position and be like, cool. Like I didn't Ugh. like I didn't hear you. And he's like, well, I said it. You know. 10 seconds ago. One, that's not enough time. And two, you're down here and talking about things like you're talking about your garden. Like you're giving me a tour of your, of your, <laughs> your herb garden. Um, so that was not great. And then, and we ran into the other thing, Rob, which is just like, I don't know if it's an influx of players or if it's the players that are there just not caring as much, but like a lot of people are just doing their own thing. It was, yeah, it was a weird thing where, uh, so after British guy, uh, sort of had a game go, the thing is I had more sympathy with him cause we stayed on the same team. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'll take command here and like, it'll be a different vibe. But then like the only people on comms were like one recon squad that that's a scout and a sniper who were doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're calling stuff out and being like, Hey, look out for this, watch this. Um, and then there were two tank commanders who had no crews. Yeah. And they were, they were complaining constantly about like infantry is not supporting us. And it's like, you can't drive a tank. You don't, <laughs> you can't do what you're doing. Um, and then you just had like an increasingly testy group of infantry commanders who were like, most of whom were never on comms anyway. Um, right. You know, the sheer Except number of times like, once every 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Know? Where it's like, Hey, uh, is that point looking okay? Are you, are you going to stay on that point? How's it going oh, back there? Like, I, I basically knew we were fucked when um, the second time we lost our uh, first defensive point, not the midpoint, yeah. but the first defensive point. Yeah. And it was because the squads defending it had just left and not, not to attack. They had just moved 
deeper into the recesses of the map for reasons I couldn't fathom. And I was like, hey, what's what's going on? It was on like up there was there? a different command call going on that we weren't part of. Do you know what I mean? It was like Dude, that was the weird thing. Yes. It felt like there was another team like another team deciding. I never what heard to do. radio I never heard Same. commander comms be that quiet in the game. Well and um, do you remember the bit where you were like, so how's it going back at, uh, I think that was at um, uh, Le Grand Creek, right? Yeah. Like, How are things looking at Creek? And the one like team there was like, oh, it's looking pretty good. And you're like, is it? Because it looks like you're getting capped. And he's like, well, they came up behind us and they have a couple garrisons around and I, you know, we just lost our outpost. And you're like, that does not sound like it's going pretty good. <laughs> Why didn't you call any of that up? Yeah, Ugh. and but the other weird thing too is it did seem like one of those games where it was kind of crap all the way down, um, and I think we were against a much a much more buttoned yeah, we up just, team. Yes, yes. Um, because there was a point where we oh. had shaken out roughly into a line. Yeah, and I was like, you could have a push basically envelop the point that's being that's being held, but nothing happened i was like i was watching squads just like advance and then they stopped advancing and i was like what what's your plan here um and the plan was was kind of nothing um and no we won't talk about it um, <laughs> we had we had the one we had a moment that was like the most heartbreaking like long shot hail mary play but also like felt again ripped from some world war ii movie um which was we were so there there were three we had at the, the best we ever got was three points out under control i want to say maybe we only yeah. had two and then almost grabbed that third i think we got the third for like a split second once um uh but there was a point at which we had pushed we were holding the second spot okay and we were pushing into the third one you have to take these spots in this mode that we're talking about you have to take them in a linear fashion they're all up for grabs we have to kind of march across the map take a point then often march across the map again because they're they're vertically different across the map or horizontally depending on orientation uh, and then take a different one and so we ha you know you have teams back defending which we you know which is his own whole can of worms in this episode or in this game um <laughs> this episode geez um uh, and then we had teams attacking and in this moment my team was attacking along with one other squad and we did it like we we pushed through the the defenses there they pulled out of the defenses there to go on the attack and left this thing behind effectively we cleared we had like this incredible exchange of gunfire with people you know who were like holed up in a barn we found their two garrisons we we stormed the house that was at the center of this stronghold point that we needed to take and the set as that was happening we were losing our second defensive point. And what you can't do in this game is leapfrog. You can't hold point one and point three. You have to hold point one, two, and three. And so we did this thing where it was like, all right, we're going to leave our two squads here in behind enemy lines. Because of the way the game works, if you lose point two, you cannot put down a spawn point. A regular officer can't put down a spawn point past that point deep into enemy territory because you don't have that kind of like supply line or whatever the abstraction is that's happening you can't just like spawn people deep in enemy territory um and so we were just like making a bet it was like we can't respawn here but we can try to hold this space for as long as we the second that they get back point two we can redeploy all of our people here and instantly run it over because we have it it's like uh, these eight guys have just taken this space successfully it's incredible um, but we can't respawn there, which means bit by bit, this eight, this eight person group was whittled down by like one or two people crossing through. And it's like, well, 
we're holding out as best as we can. We're just waiting for the call from home that it's okay to set up this this new outpost here. And it never came. And we had to then immediately <laughs> go on the back foot. And it was it was it was like I said, it was a big gamble because those two squads could have gone back immediately and reinforced somewhere else instead. And we could have done a whole new push. Uh, but it was like one of those things where it was like, well, we have two armor units back there. We have four other squads on defense, right? Certainly they can win that fight. And it's just like it couldn't, it never came together. The the other weird thing about it too is I kept being like, are we badly outnumbered? And we were, like we were somewhat mm-hmm. outnumbered. Like uh, they had like a four person advantage. Basically they had, they had an extra squad on us. Right, 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 right. But I could not shake the sense that like we felt so outnumbered. Like, because like I had no idea where squads were. One, yeah, they weren't they yeah. weren't cohering at all. Um, so like you'd you'd hover over people to like like uh li- highlight their squads, and you'd see that a five person squad was spread across like four grid grid squares. Um, and you're <laughs> like, that's not a squad. That's just four people who are soloing uh different yeah. different weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Like during that sequence, Austin, I was like. I don't know why we can't do this retake. There's no yeah. pressure on the point we need to be defending now. We seem to have, like, I count three squads that are doing something, the two you were with, one that was on defense, and I guess our two shitty armor units that were, like, lone <laughs> dudes in tanks. Right, right. Um, complaining about not getting enough help from infantry. Um, and then I was like, so where are, the, where are the other four or five infantry squads we're supposed to have? Like, where are they? Um, cause I, they were all still logged in, but I was like, it feels like they're not even on the map. It was the weirdest thing. Um, yeah, I was, I was heated at the end of it. And this was, yes. I kind of wrote a piece about this, uh, this week on the site where it's like this game, I think he's made a really daring bet, which is that it's only good when people are playing the game, the, the, the tactics game in harmony with the shooter. Like you can't, they're not really separable. Because as a shooter, this thing isn't really in that like battlefield uh, tier of like, oh man, so many satisfying guns to to fuck around with. And like, also it's not set up to function with teamwork as loose as Battlefield. Battlefield creates a lot of ways for people to sort of effortlessly, while they are doing what they already want to be doing, to contribute to team objectives. Um and that makes it feel like more of a team game, even when people are not necessarily playing it that way. Um, the other game I'd use as a point of comparison is like the Red Orchestra games were all World War II nerd, uh, you know, simulator games in some ways where it's like, sure. you know, check the range on your rifle sights, uh, you know, carefully deploy your, your machine gun. Everything takes time. The guns were so good and satisfying and fussy that like, you know, if it was a bad game, it's a, you could still have fun messing around with, like, the historically accurate, like, recreations of these guns. That mm-hmm. was still awesome. How about Luce's gunplay is fine. It's not anything, like, the rifles, I don't think, are particularly distinguished. Um, nothing feels like, there are very few weapons I'm like, this feels awesome. I love to use this. But it really does come together when, like it's all in the service of the squad tactics game that's playing out. If that right. game doesn't come together, you're playing a not great shooter. Um, and you're probably chain dying a lot because the team that is working together is just going to be set up on you every time you move. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Well, the, the thing is, I think you and I both left that very frustrated 
And then, like, I'd play more of that game right now. Like, if you want to stop this podcast and go <laughs> yep. play some, I'm down. Yeah. Let's go. Dude, the, the entire, like, uh, I was, if MK hadn't, like, gone to bed, uh, uh-huh. like, downstairs, uh, I would have been like, I'm going to fire that. I'm going to fire that pack up and get back on comms. I need to, <laughs> yeah. I need to wipe that one off the books. Yeah, exactly. Just need a good one. Just need a good one. after The, the West Coast crew's logging on. Austin, let's. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the thing uh, is that is that the there's a group I've been playing with on and off, and and they're all West Coast people. And so by the time they were ready to play, I you and I had wrapped up that game. And it was like, well, I kind of have to start winding down. I got to do shit in the morning. It's late. But. I don't know. What if I just didn't do that? What if instead <laughs> I'd stayed up and and been in in command mode for another hour? Um, or I mean, that was the other thing is that that match that we had was exhausting because we so we logged into a match that ended basically immediately. Then we had a second match with that same commander, the the sleepy talk one, um, and uh, that was like we we ended up pushing really well up to a point, and then we just couldn't capture that cemetery point. And that just like went and went and went, and we just like it, that was like ugh, okay. And then we had the, the next match, the match that you were commanding, was such a slog because we didn't. The thing is, we didn't get blown out. We were able to hold it and take it and hold it, it went the full and push back. It went the full it ninety. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish we had just like rolled over at forty-five or sixty. But well, it always felt within grasp. At least in the final like twenty minutes, you know. <laughs> if I had it to do over again, I think I would have like just said on comms, like, "Hey, I don't care if we lose this quickly. Like, I would we rather gotta, lose this than yeah, like keep doing yeah. this. Then, then uh, stay on this thing. We have to make the, a play. You but know? there was, but the thing is, it was a call to no one. Like, yeah. two squads would have replied no matter what I did. Two squads How, would have replied, except yes. for the people calling for like uh, new tanks and like supply drops. Also, nobody built notes. So that like was the biggest thing, yes. all these needy fucking squads who were like, well, why is the commander doing this? And it's like, literally, I've never seen this few resources in a game yeah. of hell at loose. Like, I have never seen my entire like action bar be grayed out because there's no resources. It was the most like no one wants to play cleric thing I've <laughs> ever seen. You know what I mean? It was just yep. like, well, we need you. We need someone to do the work of of. And like normally you find someone who's into it, right? Like there have been times when I've been like I, I've been back at base, like hopped into a truck or I've been, you know, somewhere hopped into a truck and then realized after like, oh, this is a person who just plays the supply truck. It just drives back and forth, setting up munitions nodes and, and manpower nodes and resource nodes. And like that's the game for them and they have a good time doing it or like they make sure that that's good. And they've like taken that in the same way that if you watched us play last time, I was like very excited to be a medic and like crawl around and heal people. There are people who are like that for for the engineering side of this game. And I think it's we're always better for them. Shout outs to the people who want to do that because <laughs> we need them. I do think maybe it is the one major issue I see with this game was I do feel some of the support classes do not have enough to do. Like, I think one of the smart things the battlefield has done is like, um, I don't know what the current structure is, but I do remember like in battlefield three, I think it was, they were like, Hey, medics are going to be machine gunners. They're going to hang mm-hmm. back and they're going to run around, run around res people, but they're also going to, their, their toolkit is going to be support fire. Right. And I think they got away from that. I think they moved them to a different um, like paradigm, but they've always found ways for like, hey, you're going to be a support class, but here's a lot of fun stuff for you to do. Hell Let Loose makes some weird decisions like um, if you're a medic, you're always at crisis ammo. Yeah. Um, yep. To the point where it's like, okay, so healing people is really hard. I can't really help my squad in a gunfight where we're going to be running into trouble. 
and to make that class work, you're going to need somebody there to be a supply guy dropping shit at your feet. So as medic, you can restock, but that's not also going to be fun for them. Cause they're going to be like, I'm just kind of playing a crappy rifleman without my full kit. I would rather have the full kit. So I think there's, there's weird things like yeah. I think engineer, um, I'm not sure like what is, what is fun about engineer after you've done your building shit? Um, I think you just redeploy as a different class once you've done that. Right. I think right. that's the I way that they imagine the, I think it. that's the problem. Yeah. And people aren't doing that. Or I mean, the other thing here is medic has something that engineer doesn't have, which is lots of, of uh, extrinsic uh, uh, validation in the form of people singing to you and saying, <laughs> Me- medic, I need help. And you'd be like, don't worry, buddy. I got you. You're a hero, doc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's fun. You know, no one is doing that for that engineers and supply folks right. out there. When Kato spawns on this as a supply person and like drops 50, <laughs> 50 supplies at our feet, we're like, all right, cool. I guess respawn now because like you're not like come back as anti-tank. Yeah, so yeah. you're worth something. You know what I mean? There is no like you don't get that that fun, that fun validation from those other classes. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a thing we just have to institute. We have to start singing songs to our engineers, our great heroes on the battlefield. Uh, but but until that happens, it's kind of just like, I don't want to fucking play engineer. You know, it feels like it's almost it feels like it's a design choice because there are more. Um, there are more there are different classes than can fit in a single squad, right? Like, yes, yes. There are over. You can only put six people in, but there are oh, there are what like eight, eight, ten, almost. I don't know the exact number of different types of yeah. uh, people that you and you kind of need all yeah. of them yeah. spread across yeah. the entire, like you know. So like you either expect one squad to be like we're just the supply squad and we're gonna run around and do this That's exactly and right. Do this for everyone and have or that be like. What a actually happens, right? Or what actually happens is just like everyone, like the people will swap in as needed, drop the thing, and then swap back to something well, else, right? And it, and it does create this thing where, like, so as commander, after point, I'm like, I'm not getting like, I'm not going to continually just tell people their jobs in the game, like they're having their own game. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you're the commander role. But these squads are people and they're not chess pieces. So I can't just keep yelling like, Abel, get on dog seven. What are you doing? Like it's that shit's annoying. I don't like playing. When I'm a squad leader. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like I, I know my business. Um, but it does get a little it creates this friction like as a squad commander, for instance, where it's like. I want people to like play what they want to play and like have a good time, but it, to do a lot of the things that are necessary in this game, you got to be like, hey, I need two people to stop what they're doing inner redeploy queue and play these two support classes and kind of not do anything for a few minutes. Uh, I kind of need you to go uh, find a supply truck, drive it to an empty field somewhere. Hope you don't get sniped yeah. uh, and then build some shit for a few minutes. And then you can go come back and, and play the game. Um, and I think that level level of friction creates a lot of potential for um, like teams to break down because people are going to be like, Hey, I'm in the, no, I'm in the middle of the fight. Like right. I'm, my team needs me to be a, uh, right. an assault uh, submachine gunner, or they need me to be a rifleman right. or a machine gunner laying down supporting fire. And it's tough to step away from that because the, the larger team, the entire side actually needs, that doesn't need another gun in that fight. It needs two people with like welding torches and a box yeah. of tools to be building resource nodes. We just got to be these people. We just got to, the next time we play, we got to go in and like <laughs> lock a squad with three of us. We have yeah. an officer, an engineer, and the supply person or whatever, yeah. the, whatever the trio is to start building stuff. Go I around, think, set up those nodes for 30 minutes and then switch over. I feel like people, I'm, I'm kind of this 
person in general in games where there's classes, I tend to play a support type class. I'm never like, like in Valorant, I don't play duelists. I play the right. controllers, the people dropping smoke and like setting up traps and avenues of attack. Um, and I feel like just coming to this game on its own, I would probably be the person doing that engineer run and like enjoying right. it because I'm contributing, but I don't have to worry about my gunplay as much, which is fine. I can do it, but yeah. it's not necessary to for me to feel like it's contributing. But I feel like the type of people that, you know, play healer in an MMO or like play support in that, that sort of role might not just be attracted to this game from the outset like from the yeah. like what the theme theming is what the whole aspect is it looks like it's gonna be a shooter where you have to be good at shooting um when in fact if more of those type of people that were interested in just being support played the game they'd be they'd find their niche right um but it's kind of like a you know you the the way the game presents itself on the on its face might not immediately attract that that sort of person well and I would also say that, like, a lot of games go to great pains to make those support classes, making it make it really easy and frictionless to provide support to your teammates. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Team Fortress 2 with the medic gun is the, the the clearest example where you just hold that thing down and it just mashes health at its, its yeah. target. And people were mm-hmm. like, wow, this is, you know, this shows how you can make playing medic fun. And it's true, it did. It changed, like, uh, team shooter design. This ain't that. Like, if right. you're a medic, yep. if somebody is dead in the field, it is because that field is observed, and anyone who moves out in that field is probably going to get shot. Like, if you see three bodies in the field, you know for sure <laughs> that you're you out just, there. You're, you're describing the right. reason why I like playing medic here and don't like playing medic in Team Fortress. Yeah, which is when that what that is compelling, interesting, challenging gameplay to me. Not that playing a healer in Team Fortress is not. It's just not the. It's not the thing doing the thing that I like, which is about. Um, I mean, there's positioning stuff in TF2, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, but the thing of like, okay, there's a body in a field. It's my commander's body in the field, or not my commander, but my squad leader, which means that's the person who can recreate the outpost that we spawn at. They're important to keep up here in the front line. Can I throw smokes well? Can I ask right. my teammates to lay down covering fire? Can I find a route through this tall grass to get there? Yep. Um, before before the squad leader decides, fuck it, I'll just respawn and try to run back. And like making that happen is so like I like that gameplay a lot. It does do the thing of trading the gunplay combat that me- that medic is not good at because they don't have the ammo for it for something else that does feel rewarding. Being a medic and like this other thing is like being a medic as part of a big push where you just start seeing bodies going down. You, this is a game where you hold F to heal people, but that sense of like four people just went down because a tank shell hit nearby. They didn't die, or you know, maybe a you know a, a sweep of gunfire hit four people. They're down but not out. Uh, it, you, you feel like you're trying to stop the bleeding. Uh, right. That is the moment where you're like, all right, I'm doing the trauma center thing. I'm holding. I'm still only holding out F, but I have to do it. You know, uh, over you know in the right order of people. I have to do it from a position where it's safe. Right. I just got to like make it all come back together. And if I do that right, this push isn't over yet. We can keep the pressure up, and they and and eventually they'll break. And that feeling is so so good. Um, and and I think this is the the friction with this entire game is that you end up having a design that um demands that players engage with it in that way to both to have fun but also for it to function that like if you're just playing the the medic who is like i'm just gonna heal you buddy 
I'm just going to stick with my buddy and like, or just my squad and only heal my own squad mates, which I'll see sometimes. It's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you can hit F to heal anybody. Please, <laughs> during this push, stop sticking Good just to your Good soldiers are dying in that field. <laughs> yeah, get out there. Uh, <laughs> and you need someone to make that decision. And 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 I, I think that that, that it then extends to the engineer and supply stuff. Um, but like seriously, I will I will play a game with y'all where we just open up by being like, let's set up notes. Let's yeah. just I'm do like, let's that just was a great show. I think we nailed it. Let's yeah. go. Let's squat <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at. Uh, but we should talk about other stuff. We should talk about other stuff. Uh, talk to me. Where, where, where do we want to go? Which which hell do we want to go to next? Demon uh, Demon Mars hell. I'm guessing it's Mars or or Chernobyl hell. <laughs> Let's talk about the new game. Let's talk about Jupiter one. Hell. Yeah. Yeah, Kata. Mars Hell. You've been playing some Jupiter Hell. Mars Hell. Yeah. Is it Mars? Am I, am I, I'm just guessing it's Mars because uh, I think, it's Doom. No, I, it's a Doom roguelike. I mean, I would assume it's actually a moon of Jupiter, right? Oh, the word Jupiter <laughs> is in, <laughs> in the, the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They, don't, they, don't, like, they don't say specifically, this is just though. Like, this is just like how Rob and I didn't notice that there's a character in the latest Clone Wars uh, uh, episode just named Halliburton. <laughs> A thing that I'm still tight over. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, uh huh. She sucks. Don't worry. Oh good. Um, <laughs> she's cool. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's she's way cooler than Dick Cheney. She's way cooler than Dick Cheney. She does look. She does have. Someone else pointed out that she has like the same facial structure and scowl as Cheney, which is hmm. definitely again. <laughs> she's got like that anyway. Art Deco hood ornament like face that yeah. Cheney had back then. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jupiter hell. Jupiter hell. Tell me about it, Kato. Um, so this is a roguelike ass roguelike, like, mm-hmm. um, which is part of why I was really interested in it because, uh, I like, you know, every like couple months or so, we'll pull up a browser version of Rogue and just like do a few. And, like, I oh, I really yeah. enjoy like the original Rogue, and um, I don't know that that sort of like turn by turn step by step combat of those uh oh do you mean a roguelike no I, like, but you know what i come on like people no, no, don't no 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 no, yeah. no i i am saying yeah i am being this is the <laughs> rarest moment you know who i am right you know i don't like to gatekeep you know i'm not but i have it in my blood i have to yeah. resist it yeah in other words yeah right with other shit i'm like yeah what do you yeah sure it's a it's a it's a exe that shows you know flowers and you click on the flowers and they turn into poems. That's a video game. What are you fucking talking? Right. Of course it's a video right. game. But roguelike in my <laughs> brain is so I push it down. Uh-huh. I don't. Uh-huh. I'm trying my hardest not to do it. But when I think about the roguelike experiences that I love, it's the thing you're talking right. about, which is right. tile by tile, like no forward progression <laughs> between runs. <laughs> no, none at et cetera. all. Um, um, so yeah, and. I guess the 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 big thing about this one is the setting and kind of combat. Um, a lot of roguelikes tend to focus more on melee uh, like ranges. Uh, there are like obviously even in the original rogue, there's like arrows and stuff, but like yeah. you're not really using that most of the time. That's like a yeah. kind of oh shit, I ran out of things, or I don't want to get too close to that thing, but let's try. Yeah. But I'm gonna yeah. end up getting too close anyways because it's gonna run at me. Um, but this one is completely focused on uh, guns, gunplay, and there's a cover system as well where, like, if you're on a corner, essentially, you're in cover. The enemy can also take cover. Um, there's a, a lot of, you know, interesting uh, mechanics around taking aim. Like, you can wait a beat, which is a classic roguelike thing, but 
you can only wait a beat when you're in combat in this game. And what it does is it gives you extra uh, defense. You like hunker down and your aim goes up. So if you take two turns to like aim up, basically, you're going to get like a a big bonus to your to hit. Um, And uh, yeah, like it's I've really enjoyed it so far. There's um, even just from. I think the deepest I got was six levels down and there's already kind of a really interest, uh, interest like varied amount of, uh, guns with different, like, like, um, really like, what's the word I'm looking for? Understand like easily grokkable and also like interesting, like differences in their ranges and like all the things you need yeah. to make guns interesting when you have like, you know, a pistol, like there's like different types of pistols, but like one of them is like, um, Oh, here's the, here's the thing I was getting at the, the like ways they differentiate guns with like reloading mechanics, for example, uh, Mm. certain guns are like, you know, uh, clip or magazine based or whatever the actual term is. I never know which one it is, which, and some of them, like you have a six shooter that takes right. a full turn. You hit the reload button and you get one bullet back, right? You have to sit yep. there and hit it six times. And for those, each of those times that you hit it, the enemies are moving around you and getting closer or attacking again. Um, and that really interesting, they've gotten that. That's a great, great sense choice. of tension. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Of totally. like, well, and that's the sort of, that's the sort of thing that you're doing in a first person. Sh- so we should like, just to slow down a little bit, right. top down perspective, right. or like yes. isom- lightly isometric perspective, um, uh, polygonal uh, uh, looking yeah, game, graphics. 3D, you know, graphics. <laughs> um, uh, but like a, an overlay that has like a very CRT display. Yes. I mean, one, it's the, even the warped. Screen, yes. Uh, it is even warped, warped at yes. the edges. Yeah, which I kind of wish I could turn off. Um, I get it, and I'm not. It's just not. It's not working for me as much sure. as well as I would like it to. Um, but then, but then, yeah, it's turn based, which is to say, you move, then the all the enemies move. You move, then all the enemies move. Classic roguelike in that way. Um, uh, you it, it targets enemies for you. Uh, you can switch between which what thing you're targeting. As Kato said, you can move behind cover, and cover in this instance is like. A corner like a wall that like uh, uh that you kind of peer around or a chest high you know che- a chest for instance will provide cover for you which reduces the chance that enemies can shoot you you know successfully um there are other i'm just thinking of other like fundamental basic shit you can carry three weapons you choose a class and the classes all have passive and active abilities it's that sort of game and like you're you're trying to get to an elevator at the end of every level to, to go down and continue your exploration right um there's loot and most of the loot is samey is like okay every every yellow pistol is the same but then there's higher levels of of weapons that have had modifications done or you can modify your weapons eventually stuff like that am i forgetting any other i think that's the main stuff and so like Mm. the idea that like i'm going to use this pistol that requires you to reload one shot at a time and be like well this one is does incredible damage this revolver does incredible damage but it's a it's a nightmare in combat because i need to like hide behind cover and reload or run away around a corner and reload um really does hit the like yeah this is what an fps can feel like sometimes right um or it also does a thing of like well how do i deal with this well maybe i want a modified one that read that reloads faster i'll start taking the the quick reload um uh skill when i level up the perk that lets you reload faster which then means that you can start using those slow reload weapons more successfully 
Uh, it's neat. It is. It is really neat. And um, they even integrate more this kind of um, the like just uh, the ranged attack, the, the ranged combat and the um, kind of FPS feel through things like while you're moving, if you moved previously, you get like a dodge stat added to you because it's like you're running right. across, right? You're harder to hit because you're moving. Um, there's a certain, uh, there's, there's a perk you can unlock where you can like run and gun and that means shooting, you can, uh, shooting on an, an automatic weapon that uh, doesn't um, take that dodge away or something. I forget exactly what the, the, yeah, the thing of it is oh, like, you, you can like, but it's essentially meant to be like, Oh, you're, you're not stopping to take running this and shot. gunning. Yeah. You're, yeah, ru- you yeah. are running and gunning, which is really fun that they've gotten all of these things into this turn-based mode. And like, it, it feels cool. It feels neat to be able to think through like, okay, I'm, I'm running. Do I keep running? Do I stop and swap to my more accurate, pistol and take a, a longer shot like how many turns right. is it going to take for them to get to me are they am i near a barrel an explosive bear are they near an explosive barrel are they near one um, yeah it's yeah it's all that all those choices are really fun the fact that it's also if you look up if you look up footage of this game you might find people playing it like a fucking at a first person shooter pace i keep finding videos of people who must have been playing it through early access (laughs) yeah but they're just like they're just like holding the buttons down they're just like literally running around (laughs) and it's like how are you doing this um uh uh so so know that if you see if you see sessions like that that's not how most people play this game, no. or at least that's not how you should be. You need to play this it, game. You could probably play this game because it's, yeah. it's turn based. In in its tutorial, it is very uh, explicit, like in saying, "Yes, uh, this it's turn based. Take your time. Like there's no rush. Just like yeah. you know, yeah. really plan out your moves." Um, and that part is really fun. Like, uh, it's it, it it hits all of those same uh itches that when i like pop open a new rogue game randomly in my browser in a browser window it's hitting all of that plus like but it has enough newness to it that i'm like oh shit yeah i'm really enjoying this i'm really digging this right now it's worth saying that this is the team that made doom roguelike or this is the company the studio that made doom roguelike Mm. in 2002 so like they've been making a very and then aliens roguelike in I want to say that was the early 2010s, uh, uh, I believe. Um, uh, so, like, this team has been doing this game, or very has been has been not doing this game, but has been like pushing towards this for decades now. And it's very exciting to see them like nail the thing, yeah, do it in a way that like is a little bit more approachable for a wider audience that wants graphics and doesn't just want ASCII art. Um, and, and to have this like really built out perk system and interesting weapon designs and all that stuff. So it's nice. It's nice to see someone like these are, these are people who were like, when I was paying attention to the scene in the two thousands, chaos forge was, um, was, was, I think it's, it's a specific because if I remember right, if I remember right, Derek, you worked on doom roguelike, uh, but it's, it's, I don't, I don't think Derek, you was working on Jupiter hell. Uh, uh, I'm gonna look up this person's name because I remember I Cornell uh, uh, Kaiselwitz uh, is the person who was working on like Doom roguelike, Aliens roguelike, and so to see to see this continue to be like, hey, this has been a 20 year project right. in, a, in a real way is very exciting and cool. So, um, and if you like it, 
there are there are lots of other roguelikes like this that are really fun. That's what I should say. Is that like <laughs> if you like like Kato, I would love to see you get into like Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup, um, is which is probably <laughs> DCSS is probably my my personal favorite roguelike of all time is probably Sheer and the Wanderer, uh, uh, specifically the Sheer right. and the Wanderer that came out on the DS, uh, which was. Um, which was I forget which one it was. Maybe that was just a remake of the original SNES Sheeran, not the original, but one of the SNES Sheerans. Um, uh, and and that that was like the one that cracked roguelikes for me. I think I've mentioned this before. It had a, a little bit of cross run progress in the sense of there were like quests you could complete that would add things to your journey. The like like. The way Sheer and the Wanderer worked is that you were kind of climbing a tower mm-hmm. and like a like not a tower, a mountain. Um, and at certain points up the mountain after certain levels, you would hit like a little town or a little like shrine. And there were quests that could add, um, you know, like, hey, you helped a family build a restaurant here. So now you can like get one heal at this restaurant, you know, <laughs> halfway through your, your journey or whatever, or a buff or whatever. So I had a little bit of that, but it was mostly a, a traditional roguelike a lot of character and and flair and really cool um spells that you could that you could use via via scrolls and like it was just it was very 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 charming but then when i was like okay well what 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 else is there here for me i i started playing a lot of um a lot of the kind of big roguelikes of that era the the kind of mid-2000s which were like angband dcss um tome uh, and DCSS is the one that I think I liked the most, mostly because it was goofy and filled with shit. Hmm. Um, goofy is too strong. Like Goofy makes it sound like it's a comedy game, and it's not that. But it is a game that has – it's one of those things where it's like, well, okay, do you – what – you're going to make your character at the beginning of the game – um, you know, what species and class are they? And like the species list is two dozen – It's it's – you know, do you want to be a deep dwarf, a deep elf, a demigod, a draconian, a gargoyle, <laughs> a hill orc, uh, a human, a kobold, an octopode, a mummy, etc. And like they oh, all yeah. have lots of weird little abilities. Hell yeah. They all have a billion <laughs> different little things. And then on top of that, there's just like dozens of classes. Um, and and that was like fun because I, I would often I would often just kind of randomly pick and be like, all right, what am I this time? What the hell is a warper? What the hell is how does an air elementalist differ from an ice elementalist uh, in play? What's the difference between a healer and a priest? Uh, but I want to say I played a lot of Death Knight, uh, though Though it looks like Death Knight's been removed. So, damn. damn. Rip, rip to – yeah, they got <laughs> removed in 2015. So, so rip to the Death Knight, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, so like there's a whole world of roguelikes that, that move like this, even if they're, they don't have like a cover system um, <laughs> and and it's worth digging into them uh, uh, a little bit. I also think that there's something I really like the the ways in which the roguelike I, I was joking around before, but I do really love the ways in which the roguelike has been exploded and the ways in which games have have come at run based proc gen right. uh, uh, design in, in different directions. I think we're all better for for that having happened. Um, uh, but I also think that I wish there had been a slightly more contiguous line mm. drawn between or, or not drawn because I think if you talk to the developers, they draw that line all the time. But for the players of things like Binding of Isaac or Hades or FTL, there was a more direct line that could help help them lead back into 
these these types of roguelikes that inspired a lot of those yeah. those elements um because i think there's a lot of fun there and i think that for people who maybe struggle at the action gameplay of something like hades um uh they might find something to like in the slower more methodical paced stuff in these original uh not, not the jupiter hell's quote unquote but original but you know what i mean this kind of turn by turn uh kind of tactical rpg stuff that that comes out of out of the more traditional uh rpg or the more traditional roguelike vein yeah so, god for hell just reminds me how kind of unfortunate it was that i didn't like pokemon mystery dungeon because it's yeah it's what it's what it is kind of but yeah. something about yeah the level of um or like the lack thereof the lack of really of challenge in the the like some it's it's kind of a weird like you know uh i don't know how to get into this but like yeah despite uh the sort of like discourse around uh difficulty i do think that for especially these like kind of turn-based versions because you have mm -hmm. i mean you have all the time in the world to think through your moves right there yeah. needs to be a certain level of actual difficulty worth thinking through your moves about right you know yeah yeah and well kato <laughs> if you like mystery dungeon pokemon whatever and you wished it was harder here's share the wander the tower of fortune and dice of fate right. on pc great Good. Uh, that's, it's, it's, it's also a mystery dungeon game so yeah. it has a lot of the same language it'll be legible to you but it is it will absolutely kick your ass in a different way it's so. just it's just very funny for how hard the like hey it's pokemon but it's a MOBA, mm -hmm. like, hit really, mm -hmm. really well, because mm -hmm. they made, like, it's just a MOBA. Like, they didn't really cut any uh, corners or with, like, right. what the the game is and how it's structured. Uh, that they didn't, like, with, when they had tried with uh, um, Mystery Dungeon, it was kind of, they, they kind of missed there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I need to, I need to check these out. I need to more of them <laughs> i think i think you'd like them i really do yeah. all right we should take a break and come back and talk about some other stuff brb when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back. Uh, Chernobylite. You play anymore, Rob? Yeah, I think I'm coming around to it. Okay, mm. what was the thing? What was the moment? Where? How did you come around on it? Um. So I, I think it's a couple things. One, I finally was like, I think this game is too fucking dark. 
I have <laughs> never seen a game whiff on gamma settings this hard auto setup, but I was like, Ooh. I cannot see shit without a flashlight. Like, is yeah. and at first I was like, yeah, okay, it's just like going that, that grimy grimness. And I was like, no, this is just too dark. I have to I have to turn the lights up in this <laughs> game. Because uh, when things are lit by the flashlight, they get that like Unreal Engine sheen that we all remember. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't become that much more navigable. Um, so the whole game, I, I felt like I was looking at it through, uh, like, um, one of those little boxes you use to look underwater, you know, where it's just, you got such a tight yep. little perspective. Um, so corrected some, some basic things about how I was interacting with the game started to really embrace, like, I got to make this a happy little cozy hutch for That's it. my squatties. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yes. <laughs> like. The minute oh. it was like, oh man, uh, Oliver is sad because the base isn't cozy. Yeah, yeah. and I was when like, he's, when he's oh, like, can you get a radio or some plants in here? Like, yes, I fucking can, Oliver, my boy. <laughs> when when it was like, your your team members want their own room, and I was like, done. I was like. <laughs> He was like, can I have a plant? And I was like, you can, Oliver. Put a nice, so I created a cozy little reading nook for him uh, by his it. bed <laughs> in a corner of the house. Put yep, some the put an LED wall light up. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and like sort of screened him off. And like he was happier and he stopped slowly losing his mind in the base. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to build a little TV area uh, and make sure everyone's got entertainment. I think there was there was that aspect of it. Um, I think actually the way it gives you lots to do with each sort of run out in a different part of the zone is actually yeah. really effective. I think what the thing that sort of hit with me is the comparisons to stalker are actually really superficial. This ain't stalker. Uh-oh. It's Yakuza judgment, but set in the conclusion <laughs> zone. Let's go. Like you're right. You're right. All the fucking weirdo characters, all the little side quests. So all weird. The, dude, did you meet the guy who's like in a gang, but all his other gang members are dead, but him. And then yes. he like, yeah, that's, jumps when you into the- that's when it hit me. I was like, uh. this is Yakuza. Like, uh-huh. this is just what it is. There's, like, you have to go on a hacking mission. Not a hacking mission, but you have to go, like, <laughs> take out the uh, paramilitary corp that is, like, running the zone now. And, like, the dude who sends you on this mission is, like, now I need to type in W, W, <laughs> W, dot, <laughs> heart is a lonely hunter, dot, are you... Open the FTP, look for the folder, smelly panties. There's an underscore. And I was like, this is, this, I was like, this is dumb as hell. But yeah, also, I'm I was like, now. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I was like, I'm in, baby. Uh, the, um, the, there's a, who's the other, there was another character who similarly felt, oh, like, the one of the big first choices you get in this game, they're like an, a, a weird old guy calls you and he's like, you know, come to this part of the zone. So the basic structure for people who don't remember this from previous conversations is that you have a base and then every day you're sending people out from that base into various parts of the zone, um, uh, this area around uh, – I guess it, it is still Chernobyl. I guess it is it's called Chernobyl. Yeah. It's Jupiter hell. Um, <laughs> you send people out to Mars. Uh, you send people out to different parts of the zone and uh, uh, they're doing their own missions. But then you're, you tend to get uh, – like 
more story mission type things given to you by NPCs who are like, hey, come through hack these servers, come through, I want to meet you. And you get this, this old dude calls you and he's like very cryptic and maybe seems to know some shit about your missing and or dead wife who's also talking to you the whole game as a ghost, which that's no good. Uh, also, we're talking about a world where like you got a portal. I've mentioned this before. You have like a portal gun that takes you into a different realm. So I don't know. Maybe she's just in the realm. Who Dude, could say where she is? The uh, This is the other part of this that's starting to get to me, too, is like I am not convinced that you are not the villain of this game. Oh, you are absolutely. And, you get the flashback where yeah. you're like where your character is like, Doc, I you need to let this go. You need to fucking let this go, dude. Uh, your guy has invented some some like wild technology that's that's like going to change everything, and everyone is like, "No, stop it! There well, and, is not enough power on Earth to run the machine, dude." And fundamentally, he's like, "This is the only way I'm going to get to see my wife again." Yeah, and it's like your wife is gone, man. And Let he's it like, go. "With enough unholy <laughs> nuclear energy." That breaches the gap between us and the demon realm. <laughs> I will be able to see my wife again, who also seems to be cryptically warning me, maybe not do what I'm doing, but whatever. I'm going to do uh-huh. it. Um, Give James Sunderland a, a physics degree. Yeah. And uh, and then we're good. That's what it basically is. Like uh, I compared it to Silent Hill 2 before, but I, it truly feels like we're getting there with it. Um, but, you know, you, this guy's like, I want to meet you. And you show up to that place. He's not there. He has sent another guy there. And that guy has given you a uh, – he's like, all right, hey, uh, there's a test from the old guy. The old guy has left behind two things here. Either you can upgrade your PDA, which like you don't even have what I would think of as a PDA, so it's easy to not understand what that option is. Uh, or you can blow up the Duga. You can blow up the Moscow Eye, which I, we talked about this thing recently because of its presence in Stalker 2 yeah uh, right uh, uh well not just in stalker 2 in stalker the duga uh, radar it's this huge radar array um and you just like okay here's a test do you want basically do you want an upgrade to your sensors or do you want to blow up this giant radar like it's not a radar dish it's like a ne- it's like a web of metal basically yeah mm-hmm. huge enormous towers. like steel lattice work yeah exactly um and uh i don't know i blew it up i I was like all right fuck it and and so now i'm on a path with that guy to get him as to like join up and be part of the heist basically um and and i did not expect this game to have decision making in that way not that stalker doesn't but like in my mind this wouldn't again that goes to your your yakuza or judgment comparison where it's like i'm gathering this group of characters I'm I guess Yakuza games don't have big choices like this either, but but it is in that narrative space versus being in the sim space. You know, I'm right. kind of like you're going out on on quests more than you are just again, a stalker has quests, but you know what I'm saying. You understand that the this I hope you understand the distinction I'm trying to make that like it it feels more episodic. It feels more yes. like it's built around. And I think the day structure works like that. You go out on a run. You maybe you have a specific mission to go hack these computers. But while you're there, you your map is filled with other potential encounters. Maybe uh, a truck has been pulled over, and you can go fuck with the truck and steal stuff from the the people there. Or you can uh, you there's a just a weird dude in a room who's who your wife is using as a medium to talk to you. Did you get that event, Rob? Like no. a creepy guy. I found like a creepy guy in a room who would say a thing and then I would hear my wife say the thing. And it was stuff that 
felt like her trying to scare me off of this entire endeavor. Yeah. Um, and then I left the room and I heard I a gunshot. And okay. Oh, I didn't know you were playing a two card. I would. Oh yeah, we. I talked about in. it. I'm still very early. I'm only like gotcha, gotcha. Three and a half hours in. Um, and I wanted to want to make little rooms for people but the other thing is i haven't actually hit a second person past the first one you get so um i wasn't i wasn't really feeling it yet um i listening to y'all talk about the what the other characters kind of like when they do a show up seem like like that seemed like a more interesting game than the one i'm currently in yeah yeah um the the other part of this is i guess i'm starting to get on with the crafting as well like part of it is about the decoration uh part of it is your your base has an ecosystem where it's like mm-hmm. if you build more like uh resource generating stuff like be it power or food it will de- like the quality of the environment will decline so you have to build more like you know air scrubbers and such uh but the thing that is also very funny to me is that like a lot of crafting games the economy of craftables makes zero sense because it's like do you want to build a 36 inch crt tv yeah use use some of your scrap metal and your electronics parts uh you can just do that do you want to create a lock pick uh that will take all the metal you've ever found in the entire game (laughs) Uh, which which cracks me up it's Uh. it's like okay i want because and what they're doing is there aren't many locked doors in this and each one like is being used to screen off often both a rich vein of resources, but also some narrative shit. Um, and so they really do want it to be like, I'm going into this mission with three lock picks. I am going yep. to sweep this map clean. Like it's never been, never been done. Uh, ditto with like when you can uh, blow up like these, um, there's these giant like Chernobylite crystal structures that also yeah. block shit off. You need special tools to uh, get past it. Also, later in the game, I'm not here yet. We're like eventually, clearly, you'll have the option to extensively use Chernobylite as your own resource. Mm. Um, which, if this game is going the direction I think it is, uh, it's an unholy resource that like <laughs> the deeper you get involved with it, yeah. the worse shit gets. Mm-hmm. Um, but but God. nevertheless, like. <laughs> so the game makes it very easy to be like, I'm just going to like slap down tons of structures and like fun shit for my base. But then when it's like, okay, I want to create some stuff that's going to be useful on the missions. Uh, the game's like, oh, that's going to cost you. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. A 3D printer. Easy. Dunzo. Uh, just bang one out, my my guy. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. Um I also I need some I I need a I need a crude shotgun and it's like yeah uh-huh and like upgrading I would say it has a better weapon upgrade system than the Metro games does um it it's clearly inspired by that but like yep. the template for this game is you have a wide variety of like fairly simple weapon archetypes and a lot of different ways you can customize them that are often sort of mutually exclusive. And you so, want to turn that shotgun into like honestly, kind of a long range slug thrower. That's a mm-hmm. thing that's on on the table, or you can just have it decimate people up close in a way that's like that same base model is being used, but you really take it down different paths. And it starts to create the sense of well, because of some choices I made early on, 
my pistol's actually kind of my rifle. Right. So my <laughs> rifle's actually going to need to fill a different role uh, when I when I get it. Um, I think the upgrades look pretty cool. They they feel satisfying to use. Like when I upgraded to more open carbine sights on my pistol, I was like, oh, now I can now I can see. <laughs> um, and that's a really satisfying thing. Like I think a lot of games don't make weaponsmithing particularly like tactile. I think yeah. this one succeeds at that where it's like, oh, I, I made these upgrades and this weapon now feels potent. Like when I draw when I draw my six on some mm-hmm. NAR like mercenaries now. I feel like the fucking gunslinger of the zone. <laughs> and well, and uh, one of the things I like right now is I'm still early enough where that combat feels a little scary. If if things pop off in a in an uncontrolled way, it's not good for me. I need to like yeah. I yep. need to make the first move so that I can even the, the the playing field if I'm up against more than one person. You know what I mean? Also, you take sanity damage or take psyche damage if you start killing people randomly. At yeah. least at the beginning of the game, you can get perks. I have a perk now that gets rid of the psych damage that I take from stealth kills, for instance. Um, uh, but I, I got that through. Can you ever That's learn a just, non-lethal stealth, stealth take? Not down? that I've learned. Nope. Because I keep uh, being like, uh, Dr. Kim, what are you doing? He reaches around in uh-huh. front of people and basically like prison shanks them where like he uh-huh. stabs Wait, them multiple times in the gut. the well, the 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 animation on that? Because I thought the, the point is that um, what's the first guy? I forgot his name already. Uh, the first character who dies, or the no, first, oh, oh, your first, the person who Oliver. teaches you, Oliver. Oliver. Yes. When what Oliver is teaching you is how to knock someone out by putting them in a chokehold. That is like the narrative thing of like mm. you didn't know how to do that, so you were just out there stabbing dudes. No, see, that's not the thing that. Hmm. That's what in I the, in the in the tutorial for me, I choked out the first guy. Yeah. And Oliver was like, "What are you doing? F- we're in the zone. Kill that guy." Like you, you can't just choke someone out here. It's noisy and loud. But are, did you get an upgrade that lets you choke them out instead, Kato? Is that yeah, the thing that happened? Yeah, basically, that's what the stealth kill upgrade is. Is that you are knocking them out again? Oliver takes you out and says, "Like here, come knock me out. It's quieter, and also you won't take psyche damage because you're not uh, killing I, them." I didn't realize that that was. I didn't realize that was actually then it replaced my. I don't know that that did replace my Wait, dude. I got a stealth. Kill. I did the stealth thing with Oliver, and all it was, it made me more stealthy. Where he was like, sneak up on me and tap well, me that's, on the shoulder. So there's two different ones. I have both yeah. of those things. That's the stealth one. There's also the. You're right, because it's called. Stu- yeah, there's also, yeah, precision, and then stunning. You're right, Kyle. Oh, that was yeah, explicitly okay. called stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I got to do that third That one. makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. yes. That's yes, the one yes, I took yes, first, because I was like, yes. I don't want to be out here. Like, I'm happy to do the stealth route and, like, uh, yeah, find the best way to get behind all these dudes. But then, if I'm still taking uh, psyche damage, I might as well have shot them. It, <laughs> like, I you know, yeah, yep. yep, totally. But I had like one fight basically break bad on me during one of these missions where like three, there were three guys and one of them spotted me, and it was like, well, that's it was four guys. I choked out one of them, and the other three saw me, and I was like, well, this is a nightmare. <laughs> I need to just bounce. I need to bug out on this just to like get to a safe zone where I can then try to re re encounter them. Um, and I couldn't get away and I ended up, ended up getting like into a kind of a rolling gunfight that, that felt pretty good. Like I think for a game where they punish you for getting into combat, they have also done the thing where like the guns feel decent, the, the moving in and out of cover, moving in and out of not cover, moving in and out of like, uh, camouflage zones. Uh, to kind of drop in on them like some sort of uh, Chernobyl Batman is is very <laughs> Batman with a gun 
but still uh is is pretty good yeah, um, Batman. and i just i i just love the 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 version of this where again the big thing that feels different from stalker or from or from i guess i didn't get too far into the, the most recent metro but how often you just stumble into a big narrative beat or like a cutscene or a uh, an encounter with an NPC that's memorable. All of that stuff feels it's not systemic because it's clearly like being loaded into this game. Do you know what I mean? It's in fact the, those, the point, the, the ways in which it's different from Stalker is that it's not systemic. But yeah, I was about to ask about is that what those other question marks usually are when you go yes. into a level? Okay, I've I been trying to clear those out every time. I've been I've been beelining it, which makes more sense now of why I'm like not. I'm like this. The game y'all are describing sounds a lot yeah. better than the one I'm. I'm That's playing. where you'll find NPCs. You'll right. find weird hauntings. You'll find ghosts. You'll find okay. yeah. Uh, okay. Sometimes you just hear the violin play at a place, and you're like, I don't know what's going on here, but I bet it's bad. Got to go. Yeah, I definitely um, ran into one on accident, but knowing that it is those extra bits that are marked, yes. that is helpful. I'm gonna definitely check those out more often. Then yeah, that's the play for sure. For sure. Um. It just felt, I mean, because early on, it felt dangerous to be out there. I had a fight go bad. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going, I'm going back now. Like, I finished the main yeah. objective. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chernobylite. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you turned a corner on it, Rob. And I hope, Kato, I hope that, that you find the, the rhythm on it and, and, yeah. and see the, see the stuff that we're digging about it. Um, so, yeah, that definitely worth, definitely worth checking out. I'm glad I went back to it. Uh, I got a pair of ruin ruin games to to talk about briefly. Yeah. The first one is a revisit, so I'm not going to stay on it long. It's Banners of Ruin, which is a which is a, a dark anthro fantasy uh, deck builder. Uh, it's the one that's like, what if Martin the Warrior and Red Wall was like uh, like grimmer? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I we I talked about it in an early access in an access early access build last year, and it's still just not clicking with me. I'd mm. hope that in the time since that some of the design stuff would have gotten through. I think there's some stuff that really works. I think the art is really sharp. Like there, if what you want is like grim, dark, furry shit, here it is, uh, dead ass. <laughs> like they nailed it. I like the ways in which you um, move through uh, the kind of floors of the game which are laid up as sort of a trio of decks that you're drawing through and mm. as you flip a card that's like a new encounter or it's a new spot or it's like an opportunity to upgrade your gear or whatever um like gordian quest a game that i think i like more than this um you're getting equipment for your characters you have multiple characters you have a party of characters so it's different than something like slide the spire or Griftlands. um you have uh those that that party uh, grows slowly over the course of a uh, over a run, um, uh, and you have lots of opportunities to kind of build them out in distinct ways, both through cards and equipment and perks as you level up. Um, uh, it is brutal. Like I think, I think compared to something like Slay the Spire, it's out the gate much harder. Mm. Um, it's it's much more punishing for when you make a mistake. Um, I, I think we use the word punishing a lot without situating it and we use punching as a, as a synonym for difficult but it's a particular type of punishing it's a, or difficult it's it's when you it's when you make a uh the wrong decision in a situation how how hard are you are you penalized for that and this game is punishing in that specific way it's it's built to do more than just slap you on the wrist when you make an, an inefficient choice 
Um, uh, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. It's very easy to get stuck early on. Um, uh, and, and I, I think all of that is, is already enough to make me want to spend my, my kind of card game time somewhere else. Um, uh, but the, for me, the, the kind of nail in the coffin is that it's gone even deeper into some of the, like, you know, one of my least favorite things about this style of anthro game or anthro story is the, like, well, all bears are this, all wolves are this. And right. it's like, that's, it's mechanized. It's in the game. It's, it's the game that they're making. And like, I get wanting to make those choices matter. Uh, like, there's a reason why you want a wolf in your party instead of uh, another mouse. And like, there's interesting stuff, like mechanically, the fact that the wolves can use other people's weapons is like a clever and interesting and dynamic ability to have access to. That's really fun. Um, but it's, but it's like so in the world building and so in the thing that's a little like, it's just like not my vibe when it comes to this stuff. Um, um, I, I like anthro stuff where there, where it feels like it's about finding a sort of expressivity around the animal choice versus it feeling like here is your genetic, here are your genetic limits and predispositions. Right. And this is very much that, um, uh, in comparison, which like, it is what it is. Like, that's the thing that they're making and that's all over this style of fiction. So it's not a unique issue with them. If you've, if you've, you know, read stories in this genre before, if you played games in the genre before you do come across it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's, it, it's evocative and it's part of why we do, you know, the, the, the kind of, um, you know, uh, sly fox character type is we already say sly like a fox. You know, we already do that with our animal analogies. So it's not that surprising that a game in that space is going to do it. I'm not surprised that they haven't tried to break the mold on that necessarily. Um, but, you know, it would be cool to play a mouse that isn't just the rogue type, you know, that isn't just doing that thing. Um, and so it's fun know, to play is, against type sometimes, you know, have the option it is, at least. It is. Let me at least have the, I guess you could, right? Like I could, I could, I could put heavy armor on one of these little mice and, and put, you know, give them a big fuck off great axe or whatever, but that's just not optimized. And the game punishes you for not being optimized, right. you know? Right. So, um, so yeah, that's banners of ruin. There was also a new thing that I've played that also was in early access for years and finally came out. It's Library of Ruina, or Ruina, probably, which, do you remember when I brought uh, troubleshooters to this to this podcast? Uh-huh. Korean tactical RPG? Yeah. This is that, but for deck building. Oh, um, shut I was trying to describe, I was trying to describe, <laughs> You're I mean, it's that in the sense that it's extreme, like, so much is happening. Someone asked me about this game yesterday, and I said, if you want the Library of Ruina experience, read this while listening to this what i link what i linked musically was library of ruina string theocracy which is the op <laughs> to this game good okay uh, which i'll link to y'all right now you go ahead and hit play on that right uh it's a it's a great little jazzy number the music in this game fucking slaps so i said listen Ooh. to that while reading Ooh. this Light is the energy, quote-unquote, to play pages. Light is spent when pages are used. Light can be restored via page effects, staggering killing an enemy, and light, uh, an enemy, and light is always fully restored when emotion level rises. Emotion level rises when enough emotion coins accumulate, down right or down left corner. You get emotion coins for plus one positive for winning a clash, plus one positive for max rolling a dice of a combat page, plus one negative for losing a clash, plus one negative for min rolling a dice of a combat page, plus three positive for killing an enemy, plus three negative when an ally dies. 
combat or from combat page effects. As I said before, when emotion level rises, you fully restore light and gain plus one max light capacity, and there are additional bonuses on an emotional level of level four or five. All characters start with an emotional level of zero until a bit later in the game, your max emotion level will be level one. And it's like, all right, I guess my emotion level goes up and my light goes up. That didn't really explain what any of that is. Um, I, I, I'm, I've... I'm there. I'm at the edge of it. I've watched a video of like uh-huh. figuring this out and mechanically it's starting to click in a way that's unlocking something in my brain. <laughs> the, the, this is, this game, first of all, this game is a sequel to a game in another genre entirely. <laughs> uh, and you don't need to play the other game at all. Great. My understanding. Great. That game is called Lobotomy Corporation. <laughs> um, <laughs> that game is a game about being, about, that game is a game about being the SCP Foundation or okay. the sure. Bureau of Control, basically, yeah. in which you are, I think, sending people to their doom. You're 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 putting people in rooms with objects of power, aka with you know SCPs, uh, aka with just weird X file shit. Um, and that seems to be a weird base building, like tactics. Thing I don't really understand what Lobotomy Corporation is. That's okay. The Library of Ruina makes way more sense. You're playing as a fixer <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk dystopian world, and you stumble into a library. The librarian, Angela, who I think is an AI in the first game, tortures you immediately, removing your arms. And also, I think you're, you stumbled in there because you were looking for a sandwich, you were looking for a sandwich, and instead you go into this evil library. Mm. Anyway, that's okay. You work for the evil library now, and it's your job to kill the people who come into it so that they become books. Oh, uh, you know what? Let me just read sure. it from the Steam page. Yeah. Maybe I'm doing a bad job of this. Yeah, okay. Become the owner of the library and receive your guests. Your librarians will fight for the library. Combat between the guests and the librarians breaks out as if it were on a stage. Defeated guests turn into books, and the library grows onward. A good book will allow you to invite new guests with greater secrets. Amass a collection of books and explore the secrets of the city and eventually and eventually get your hands on the one singular perfect book. Um, I like don't even know how to be. Uh, so it's it's a lot of text up front, a lot uh-huh. of world building up front, a lot of like there are this is a city that's run by syndicates and gangs. And, and before every encounter with a with every chapter, you kind of see a picture of whoever is about to stumble into the into the library and get stuck there and fucking die by your hands. And it's like, here's a group of, of three down on, down on their luck street rats struggling to find enough money to pay off the bill they owe to the bigger gang that they report up to. And they, 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 uh, this, the first thing that they do is you come in on them, like basically doing a, not just an autopsy, but like looking for cyberware or good body parts from a dead guy and you know none of this is graphic but they're talking about it like it's nothing they're like oh yeah his guts are all weird in there that's no good someone's made their guts all like popcorn in there which is like that sounds bad to me but inside of the body they find a black and gold invitation to this library which they decide to use and it whisks them away to this magic library and then i killed them and turned them into books uh and the way that you kill them is a card game it is a deck building style well it's not a deck builder because you're not like you're it's it's a it's a CCG style card game where you have downtime between battles to kind of put together what your deck looks like. Your characters have uh, cards called pages. They all have mana cost. Mana is called light. 
Um, all of that stuff is pretty basic. You know, you have cards that do bleed effect. You have cards that do different types of damage. There's piercing damage. There's blunt damage. There's slashing damage. Characters have weaknesses. All that stuff makes perfect sense to me. But the flow of combat is wild. You, everybody rolls initiative dice at the top of the at the top of a round. All right, <laughs> right. And it's a one d six. Whoever has the highest acts first. Uh, like something like say the spire, you can see intentions. You can see the enemies are going to hit your first person or your third person, whatever it is, and you can see what card they're going to use. the The thing about the game is, all right, each for each card, all right. Let's say it's one on one, Kato. Mm-hmm. It's you and me. Yeah, you are going to hit. You are targeting me. Uh, you have a uh, a thing where you're going to do four slashing damage and then five, you know, five blunt damage to me that's mm-hmm. no good i only have 10 health i gotta be careful um uh, but i rolled higher initiative than you which means my card is gonna go first i'm gonna hit you first and if i can do enough stagger damage to you i'm gonna knock you out before you can hit me with that nine that potential nine damage okay. right um so i'm trying to just uh, that means i'm gonna play a card that hits that hits your weakness and it hits like two or three times um however then we come together and when it's time to see if we hit, we roll dice again, yeah. and the higher number hits. So I whiff on that first one, and I only do a little bit of damage to you. Now, maybe it would be better if I had instead played a card Wait. that added some defense to Uh-huh. What was the first dice roll for, then? Initiative. Who but- goes first? Now, the reason you- <laughs> that's silly, right? Why does that matter if it's one-on-one? Well, what if it's not one-on-one? What if it's one? What if it's two-on-three, and they're ganging up oh. on one person? Or I have a weak character who's about to die. Well, I can intercede with my faster character and block that the one of the hits coming in on that first person. Okay, I can jump in front. This is it's so it's like per it's per it's per character, not like per it's per character, okay. not per side. Oh, okay, 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 that makes more Correct. sense. Correct. Uh, oh. God damn! Does okay. it? I'm saying. I'm just saying. Like that now, there's a reason for it to happen. If you're gonna roll dice again when you actually yes. clash, like what? Um, but uh-huh. no, I see. I see how this is setting up. Um, and so then on top of order. all that, is there any top- way? Yeah, this feels like the type of game that's gonna have like a full like turn order somewhere where you can see where any everyone's going, or is this not? That. It, you can see the numbers very clearly. Okay. And it's round by round, right? So, and sure. it changes. This is the thing. That initiative, that's just for that round. Oh. Next round, re-roll initiative. <laughs> okay. Um, also, you're burning lights. It's the reason that person asked on the forums, like, how does light work? Is because you start with three light or four light. Um, and you regain it, like I said before, you regain it when you get win a clash or you roll max damage on a cl- on a combat page. Or you get a kill an enemy, or your emotion level goes up because uh, you got emotion coins, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's important. Is that's how you get mana back. It's not like you come back every round with full mana. Huh. Sometimes you can just get beat to shit, and you end up with like two mana, and you're like, "Well, I, I'm glad I have this level one or this one light card right. because otherwise I'd be fucked in this turn or whatever." It's it's huh. it's. Again, it has so much going on yeah. in terms of character customization, in terms of deck customization, in terms of equipment, uh, in terms of just like the the very basic, what am I doing in this round? I It is not a easy game. Uh, it is a hard game. And you're constantly getting wild narrative drops. But it's conflicts. It might be great. Conflicts yeah. that build with emotion. 
That's true. Confrontation in the library is not just about well, killing so like, your enemies. It's about heightening emotions. The, well, this is the thing. So, so that specific thing yeah. is like, okay, you know how if you talk to anyone who likes wrestling and video games, they're like, wrestling, wrestling video games don't understand that the thing that wrestling is about is not about winning a fight. It's about putting on a good match and having like a good, um, a good, like uh, entertaining show and, right. and telling a story. Pacing and you get better yeah. drops in this game if the enemy's emotion level is higher. So if they think they're going to win, and the reason their emotion <laughs> level goes higher is because they're beating the shit out uh-huh. of you. So if you, like, let them have a little bit of fun, this is my understanding of this mechanic anyway. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this is true. And then you beat them, which is hard because you'll you'll be low on emotion, which means you're not going to have a lot of mana. Then you get better rewards. So, like, literally you're incentivized to throw the fight <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Look, they even get use their the emotion word match in here. And then stomp them. Do they? Yeah, well, yeah, it's all Furthermore, it's all like- dialogue can appear depending on the situation of the battle and will make one's viewing experience of the match unfolding even more enjoyable. <laughs> That's true. At the be- at the bottom of the screen during every fight, there is like a uh, like a little like a little dialogue box for every character that's like commenting on how the last round went, basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's, or like what they're planning on doing next, right. base- basically, uh, in a way that's you know, it's the it's it's. It's the thing that it is. It's very much in a manga, you know, anime plays. I think it's right. a Korean game by Project Moon. Uh, but it has that that vibe of like, you know, characters yelling things at each other or like, again, it's a lot of them them uh, talking about the thing that they that just happened. Basically, I'm trying to find right. an example of it, but all the all the game saying an in, what sounds like an inner monologue, Here just saying it, it out loud, like inner. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, it's exactly it, right? It's like one character says, "I told you it was a bad idea to walk in here." Someone says, "Why do you have to be so weak? Damn you! I didn't scape the bottom of my whole life just to do this." And then your character saying, "I better not get impatient and get things done for certain." You know, it's like th- those sorts of things are just popping up during combat constantly. <laughs> There's stuff. There are like challenge mode things. I had to fight a weird flesh monster, which maybe is connected to the. I don't know if that's connected to the. Uh, the lobotomy corporation stuff or not but I was fighting this guy and then in the background just a lady's eyes showed up with eyelashes and it said a knife driven by a vaguely aroused will doesn't have what it takes to end a life and my character is saying <laughs> is saying Angela's right this place is really bizarre there are creepy looking blood clots all over the place too quick mode on turn off quick mode Turn off quick mode. If you're playing this game, top left corner, it says quick mode on. Turn off quick mode. It will make more sense. What? I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Music's great. Music's great. Music is great. Yeah, and that, that, goes that a long song way. was a bop. And the exchanges, <laughs> like the way that the, these clashes work, where your character is like dancing between the other characters on the screen, like deflecting certain things. It can be hard. It can be. It can be very hard to understand what is happening moment to moment, but it's always cool. I've died a lot in this game, and I'm always like, damn, that looks sick. I died sick, you know? Y'all do me right at the funeral. You, you, yeah. you please let people know that when I died, I look cool as hell. Sure, that I really got the emotions running, you know? Uh, my emotions were, no, my emotions were down, apparently. Yeah. Their, yeah, their emotions were up. You're right. It did get their emotions running. If only I could spin this one back around to a win, maybe we'd be somewhere. But unfortunately, instead, I got I got. got. Uh, I I met these guys. These guys are great. These robots. There's like three cool cyborg look like full body cyborg people who have just like metal arms and shit. And no. Mo, brother of iron, says you you guys should regularly refill your head with bl- with brain fluid. Sure, great. Mo's probably right. You probably do. You probably should probably refill your brain with brain that, fluid. Yeah. That seems important to me. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> that's Library of Ruina. I'm, I like it. Angela told me not to be too concerned about my life because I'm not allowed to die here unless she permits me to. Oh, okay, so, cool. She's a nice coat, so I guess that gives her a lot of authority. A nice coat? Yeah, she's a nice coat. She's a cool. Oh, she cool has a nice coat. I thought you said she is a nice coat. <laughs> I'm. She might be. I don't know. Where's she's the in coat for end? a nasty surprise when all the subs unionize. <laughs> <laughs> That's exact, dude. That is the vibe. A hundred percent. It is a hundred. Listen, there's going to be enough librarians eventually. We're going to take this place over. Yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna over. We're gonna make demands. What's what is that tweet or what is that Reddit post? It's that you know. You yeah. know the one I'm talking about. It's the one that Rob is referencing. Uh, Library of Ruina. It's worth looking at. It's worth looking. You'll know immediately. Is this for me? You'll know immediately. You will be able to refund this game within that two hours if you think this is you can't you can't deal with it. I promise you. <laughs> uh, just watch the second gameplay trailer and be like, I don't know what's happening. This might be too much. Did that guy just use a move called Inhale Smoke? Yes, mm-hmm. and it was countered by emotional turbulence. Don't worry, I'm going to play Faint Memories, and that's going to have a buff on it that reduces slashing damage or whatever. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. So far, so good. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Speaking of slightly less complicated tactical decision making, I just want to shout out that Rob and I finished our Wildermyth uh, our campaign on stream this week. That'll go up, presumably, on YouTube this week at some point, right? Yeah. It should already be up, I think, by the time this comes out. Yes, it will be already be up. Nice. You only have to awesome. wait that 24 hours, so. Yeah, so go check that out. Uh, that was a fun arc, let's say. <laughs> let's say the difficulty choices we made at the beginning of that campaign uh, really bit us in the ass, and we made some adjustments, and we found some new talent, and and there's some interesting arcs there. Yeah. So I hope folks enjoy that. Um, Anything else you want to take a quick dip in the old question bucket before we wrap up here today? Feel like that's let's get that bucket. Seems, yeah, let's dip let's in the get, bucket. Let's get into the a dip into the a dip into the bucket. Let's see here. Chris writes in and says, "Small quibble, remass effect, remaster. Not challenging your broader points. You didn't think replaying the series is worth your time right now. However, I do think you're underselling the remaster in one very important regard: DLC. While all three games were accessible on modern PC storefronts like Steam and Origin, the DLC for ME One and Two were only accessible through an old, poorly maintained Bioware website. To get it, you literally had to buy Bioware points, use those points to buy the DLC, then download <laughs> EXE files to install it. While the source code for Mass Effect One Battle Arena DLC was lost, a thing I'm bummed about, by the way, all the rest of the DLC was integrated into those games and the remasters. Now it's all just there and available for anyone playing the remasters to try. Not defending the quality of all that DLC, especially Overlord. Yeah, Overlord's bad. Uh, or some of the other changes they made in the remaster, but this is the sort of game preservation you said you wish there was more of earlier in the pod. Chris, he, him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Rowan yeah, Kaiser wrote an article about this, uh, like on the site, basically arguing that the the greatest achievement of the Legendary Edition was that it was like sort of a it collated a lot of stuff that was uh, sort of scattered and like arguably yeah. Mass Effect didn't work without uh, some of these side stories. Like, I mean, like people, I never played Shadow Broker. Uh, because right. people were like, well, that's the best DLC they ever made. But I was still like, but I played Mass Effect 2. I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. But like, there are people who will tell you, and the case seems pretty ironclad that in like, uh, Liara's character arc is incomplete without <laughs> Shadow Broker. Like, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> that's you exactly need true. that DLC. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, Neil writes in, hey, everyone. 
not so much a question as a short story about the time I got ridiculously frustrated at a crossword puzzle question. Uh, Rob, we did some crossword talk on the podcast on yeah, uh, I figured. Uh, Tuesday. Yeah, we, we did it. Uh, this wasn't the New York Times or anything. It was just some random magazine at a grocery store I worked at in Canada. The hint was the American equivalent of a leader. And the answer was six letters. As an American, I had learned all these conversions and knew the closest size would be a quart. But that's obviously only five letters. On top of that, the Q and the U were so extremely not going to fit. I can't recall what was crossing it. Anyway, this little magazine had all the answers at the end of it. So plumbing, after plumbing the depths of my brain, I gave up and looked. Their answer was gallon. I could not believe God it. God damn not it. Not only because that size exists in Canada as well, but because it's just wrong at every sense of equivalency. Do they think all Americans consume four times as much liquid as Canadians or something? <laughs> anyway, the rest of the day at work, I could not get over this and have not played a crossword since. Wow. This was about four years ago. Yeah, that's wrong. A gallon is not a liter. Like, no. pretty dramatic. I guess here's the thing. Here's the sense in which that is correct. Yeah. Americans probably think in terms of gallons right. in the way that other cultures like think in like like metric uh like cultures that use metric system. I was gonna uh, think say, in liters. Like they say one liter, we say half gallon. Yep. Right? Like that's sure. Sure. The way it's but like, I agree. It's the, it it's the base work. It's the base yeah. unit around which you base other me- measurements off when you're right. talking colloquially, right? You don't say right. I don't know. You could say four cups, but nobody says four cups. You say half a gallon or right. half a gallon. Yeah. Or you think about you think about their bagged milk. That's a four yep. liter bag of milk, uh, and that or four liter bags of milk, four one liter bags of milk, and that is a gallon of milk for us, right? right? Give or take. Right. Like whenever you that, say like. What? Americans use miles, not kilometers. That is the equivalency, right? Like it is. So I I do get it. But I also. That is a very upsetting clue. Yeah. Yes. I would be very angry. But (laughs) uh, from a certain point of view. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi your crossword yeah. editor, pulling in. Uh, so you see, from a certain point of view, that clue was great. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Um. All right. Greg writes in with a food bucket question. Some background. My partner is a vegetarian, cannot handle spice, heat, really, can't stand mushrooms or eggplant, and her favorite food is white bread. Not bad white bread, mind you. What we most often have in our house is delicious crusty baguette from a local bakery down the street. Because of the convenience, rarely without a fresh loaf or part of one, always with a ticking timer until it's too stale to enjoy properly. The dilemma. I'm the cook in our house. And so five or five out of seven dinners of the week uh, end up in the question of not what do we want to eat tonight or what do I feel like cooking tonight, but what will go well with this bread we have? <laughs> not featuring the bread as an ingredient, mind you. What complements this baguette sliced, uh, by, uh, sliced and unmolested by anything except uh, for some good butter? Uh, I'm reaching my wit's end. I live under the tyranny of tasty fresh bread. I've brought this up to my partner, who even recognizes that it's begun to bother me and occasionally says that we can do something else, something featuring rice or some some alternate starch, tacos, etc. But I know she's just humoring me, longing for the next meal where she can indulge in her true desire. So here is my question. What is your favorite meal that goes well with bread? I've exhausted my roster of soups and egg dishes and desperately need some new inspiration. Extra points if it's summer if it's summer friendly food that doesn't make a sweltering house appreciably hotter. I crave the insight of the food bucket brain trust. Yours in gluten, Greg in Cleveland. Well, I I don't understand the premise because any meal, you just put that bread out first. You put, you put that bread, bread out first, first like you're at a restaurant. 
Right? You so, just a couple slices, you just fucking no. eat it. <laughs> this is so what I would do. I just eat bread because eat it's bread. good. <laughs> Reduce the portions of other stuff and just eat the bread. Yeah. Which is what their partner is doing. But yeah, uh-huh. one can only have Delicious. so much bread unless one is mm. that partner. Yeah. Uh, so here's the issue. Um, there's, there's a few issues. I like when I got really into bread making, which was not uh, actually I had my like, I'm going to make all the bread phase years ago. Um, it was a really poorly. I was like, I'm saving money. I was not saving money. Are you fucking kidding me? The electricity I was using to like <laughs> make the make the bread loves and shit. No, that was absurd. Not even considering the time. But nevertheless, I was making baguettes. I made my own sandwich bread that was mm. fucking amazing. Uh, it was great. It was a good life. But the bread was showing up in such quantities that it was kind of crowding out other things. It's like, <laughs> so we got to get through these. We got to get through these, all this bread. Yeah. And so next thing I knew, it was like, okay, uh, we're having Strata for breakfast again. Strata is <laughs> really good. But like once Strata is regularly appearing in one's uh, like repertoire, uh, it's going to start getting a little monotonous. It's a more of a fun treat. It's like a little um, like breakfast lasagna made of like, uh, like, you know, the ends of bread uh, cut into cubes and soaked in egg. It's really good, yeah. but it gets a bit exhausting. Uh, but what this really sounds like to me is um, you got to stop and you've been given this out. Your partner has what they like. Your partner just wants bread stuff. Your partner is just going to chow down on that cheese plate with the bread or that beautiful, sorry, vegan. So what, hang on, what was it? What were the dietary constraints? Vegetarian. Vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Uh, Yeah. could definitely have cheese, could definitely have butter. They got what they like. The problem I'm hearing is that you think like, oh, I got to, like, I got to prepare food for the house. No, you're cooking for you now. Like the bread, the bread's got this. The bread's not enough. The bread's not a meal. That's not for this, like, that's not for this person to decide. You're saying, okay, but maybe it's been decided upon that Greg is going to prepare meals and, and Greg's partner is doing something else is, is maybe that's the division here. And that's been agreed upon. People are happy with that division. Greg likes to, we don't know the full situation. I don't think we could just let Greg's partner live on bread alone (laughs) i would agree but it sounds like they're pretty strongly voting for bread alone Um, no i think it's bread and i think it's a bread and situation i just think that the partner is happy with whatever the thing is not matching the bread whereas greg wants some sort of matching culinary right yeah which is why i was saying like you don't need to just eat some bread also the other thing there's there's ways Good ways. If something does go hard, go stale. Um, Croutons. Yeah. Yeah. Other other uses. Uh, you can make. Uh, I have to actually look up what the. I think it's just bread pudding. But this is what we do in my house when the too much bread we got because we were six people and it's kind of hard to like gauge how much you really need. So we always got a little too much. But once that bread went went hard, uh, you get enough of that and you make it into a bread pudding, which is fucking delicious. Um, the Colombian version is not what you're thinking of when you think of bread pudding because it's made out of stale bread instead of fresh bread, which I think is what the English version is made out of. Um, but yeah, there's other things you can do with stale bread. I think the worry of it going stale and hard is 
maybe overblown. Maybe you should be like, find new uses for that stale bread. <laughs> yeah, like pan, uh, panzanelle salad or uh, variations on that are always great. I think one of my favorite things in the world. Um, you can substitute lots of greens in this. It's a it's, it's basically like a genre of salad, but it's like leafy green, uh, like a vinaigrette uh, dressing, croutons, and like topped with uh, poached eggs. Like that's always a banger. Uh, grate a little Parmesan over that. It's perfect. You can dress it up a million different ways. Uh, you can put like meat on it for yourself and not on your partner's plate. That's great. Um, but I would also like, I strongly advocate here just like, Hey, you got your little like cheese plate with your bread or we, we got stuff to go with the bread. That's great. I'm going to cook myself a meal over here that I'm going to enjoy. Because uh, the thing is that like, if bread is the backbone of this, like it's so easy. Like there's just not that much cooking that needs to be done. I see what you're saying. I do. I do see where, where it's coming from. I think I'm going to go with Kato here, which is just serve the meal, maybe less portions, let the bread or I, I, the thing is, bread the bread you're talking about just time. sounds good. I yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. My other have answer more is pasta. Br- have more bread snacks. But that's a lot of carbs. That's a right? lot of carbs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just broaden out your... I don't know. It's a tough situation. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Anyway, we're going to move on. We get a note here from Josh about some crossword drama. Ooh. Some ongoing crossword drama. Ooh. Hey, Waypointers. I've written to you to report some crossword scene drama. Like many of you, I've also been watching The Daily Solve with Chris Remo. And there, there are hundreds of us at this point. <laughs> Everyone should be doing it, though. I, I yeah. make, make Chris Remo's crossword uh, puzzles, videos, the daily solve, uh, trending on YouTube, please. Uh, I've developed a newly found love of crosswords. I'm entirely new to the scene, but I felt you all needed to know about the scene drama. On the subreddit r slash crossword, a surprisingly active subreddit of 10,000 plus users, I found this post concerning a seemingly popular New York Times crossword blog by Rex Parker, which I read, uh, which features many guest writers. They typically write about that day's crossword puzzle, giving background on certain obscure clues and giving overall review of the crossword. Um, that there's an image here, which uh, is a it says, anyone know what this Rex Parker editor's note is about? Uh, and it's a tweet from Rex Parker saying, I have been alerted to certain inappropriate remarks of these guest write up and they've been removed and replaced with this note. Rex Parker. Seems Rex deleted a fairly personal attack on Jeff Chen by the guest blogger. Anyone have the original text? Also, I know people get passionate about crossword info and crosswords in general, me, but come on. So, going back to this email. Naturally, this sparked curiosity. I read the edited version of the blog only to find that the guest blogger deeply disliked the crossword puzzle on August 9th, which, if you've played them, uh, I guess I'll keep reading, uh, and had some strong criticisms of the puzzle format. If you recall, this was a sort of jigsaw puzzle hidden within the crossword puzzle. Yeah. Do you remember that puzzle? Yeah. Great one. That puzzle was really that. fun. Me too. There's also some frustration that New York Times New York Times recently announced that they will end compatibility for a cross light, which I think is an app that lets people play their their crosswords. Uh, yeah, which allowed New York people with New York Times subscriptions to download the crossword in a .puz format and load it into any third third party crossword solving mm. software. This has been seen as a cash grab by the New York Times to funnel users into their app slash website right. for solving the crossword puzzle. As per the quote-unquote inappropriate remarks from Rex Parker's blog, someone did link to it. They did capture it. It's out there. I'm not going to read this now-deleted thing, uh, but it's out there for people who want to go see it. The gist of this is there's currently a fight in the community between people who 
are pro this move because it will allow that crossword to do things that the dot .puz readers can't currently do with their puzzles, mm. like this, like this puzzle, this jigsaw puzzle one. Which for people who didn't, who haven't done this, um, it was like, it was like there were tetraminos. Is that right? am I saying that right? Yeah, I think we people also pronounce it tetronimos. To tetronimos, uh, there are tetronim- tetronimos throughout the the um like shaded in tetronimos throughout the puzzle and at the bottom boxed in was a section that was almost made up of those tetronimos basically if they're not all of them exactly one were. of them was but they kind five, of fit yeah yeah one of them was five um uh but they fit together and if you put in the the letters from those shaded in boxes it would form a new word with the other ones like a puzzle piece yeah. coming together it was really cool and it was it a great it, way to it itself was a clue that right. wrapped back into multiple clues on in yep. the puzzle. And yep. also, I figured out the clue before I figured out all the Same. puzzle pieces. So it gave me you could fill those in the notes. Yeah, it was it, it was, was great. Really, Fantastic. Really um, and so someone, you know, the community has been opposed to this move to- away from the .puz file because it feels like it's it's, uh, you know, kind of uh, forcing everyone into the New York Times ecosystem, which I get. Um, but the this reviewer was basically like if this is what it's going to lead to then this is a net positive uh and apparently she got some she got some harassment for it apparently uh which is which is unsurprising the world is the fucking world and it turns out we get people yelling at yelling at women everywhere uh and this is a, i get this is a legitimate like p- cultural beef uh and, and a legitimate place to have a fight about about it but you know Let's not. Can we, can we just please? Really, are we really doing this? And the answer is yes. We're really doing this. Thank you for the the drama update, Josh. Yeah. I'll keep my ear to the ground on this important developing crossword uh, uh, drama. Always important to me. Um, maybe one more here, and we'll wrap it up. Feels weird. I want to look into what the dot puz, like how that yeah, is like, limited. What are the by? limits of? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because it didn't seem like that was that far out. Of no, the 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 realm of things that have happened in a crossword. I don't know. It, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We got a gift follow up, and we'll end on this as posy vibes, in my opinion. Josh writes in different. Josh, highway point. Following on the pretending to enjoy receiving gift stories, I have a video game rela- related one, similar to Patrick's Mortal Kombat story. I was about ten years old when the N sixty four came out in Australia, and I begged my parents over and over to get one. They kept telling me we couldn't afford it. Dad even offered to buy me some games for the PC instead, but I knew I wanted that Mario. When Christmas finally rolled around, there was a large, soft present for me under the tree. I opened it, and it was just a regular old bath towel. I was so polite. I said, wow, thanks, guys, and said to the side. So Dad rolled his eyes and said, for God's sake, unwrap the towel. They had taken the N64 out of the box and wrapped it up in there just to mess with me. I don't really remember what happened after that. I assumed I blacked out from excitement or just played Mario 64 for the next 24 hours straight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Josh. I'm uh, a liar. There's one more. We get one more in here. Um, and one of these. I'm just going to do one of these. I'll save the other ones. Uh, because we, we on Monday, uh, uh, Rob, we someone asked us to uh, align ourselves with Pokemon moves. Which Pokemon moves did we feel like we embodied and and from that therefore what pokemon were we uh and matthew wrote in to say here's my list of hosts based on pokemon moves they are and therefore which pokemon they are 
I think there's a chance to come across as rude or presumptive by categorizing. So these are, of course, vague impressions based on perceived podcast energy. Uh, me and Kata aren't in here because we already have ours. But Rob, we got one for you. A perceived energy. What are you even talking about? Move. Glare. <laughs> that works. Uh, Pokemon. Zygarde complete form. Oh, which I've fuck. never seen, bef- seen before. The one that looks like a slaps. fucking mecha? <laughs> yeah, what is this? What yeah. is this from? Yeah, that's from Sun and Moon. Those, uh, oh, shit. It star- it's sick. It starts as a dog, and then... What? Basic. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. You, you get then it becomes a big snake thing. A big thing. snake thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a Is that s- in combat it does that, or is that no. those are its evolutions? These are its evolutions. Not even, though. It oh. is... There are. It's basically there's hidden pieces of this Pokemon, which are Ooh. you can see them uh, if you look up. They're like little amoebas, basically. And once oh. you get to a certain point, you get the first level, which is the dog. And and uh-huh. then as you continue to uncover them, you have to hit another threshold of how many of these you found, and then it becomes the mm. snake. It just like turns into the more. And then like the complete form is you found every single piece of it, and it's this big mecha looking motherfucker sick mecha. <laughs> yeah. yeah i love this thing this it's thing really rules. yeah it's really cool uh apparently there's some specific uh, i'm trying to remember there's like a myth that this is referencing something about a, a dog and a snake i i'm trying i remember reading about it at one point i got it zygarde complete form may be based on hell the ruler of helheim the realm of the dead in nordic myth uh so that's that's what uh, this doesn't nice. say more than that but okay. sure there we go. There was something about uh, a hmm. dog turning into a snake, or there being a dog and snake in the myth. Something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is. Hmm, let's see. This one doesn't turn into a snake, so I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah, there's a someone... snake involved. I don't know. But yeah, the, the Zygarde. Oh my god, Zygarde complete! I keep forgetting every time I, I look away from yeah. it. Yeah. Damn! Look at that thing. Look yeah, at it. Yeah, it's already glaring. Look at it. It's glaring at us right there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you. Good that's Pokemon. you. It's a good one. I yeah. think it, I, I, it's at the very least aspirational. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, here we go. All these. Yeah. I think they're different versions of you. You know what I mean? Different elements of Rob. Um, this person or this site, uh, what culture says that it's drawing on the children of Loki and Angra, Angra, Bora? I don't know how to pronounce this this character. I'm I apologize. Uh there's a there's a character here. Eth uh anyway. Um uh because there's three forms, each representing a different child, Zygar draws obvious parallels mm. to each of the Norse sh- shapeshifters offspring. Uh ten percent form can be based on God, you're just gonna give me things I don't know how to fucking pronounce, aren't you? You're just gonna <laughs> here we go. Uh oh. This is another word for Fenrir. Okay, Fenrir. sure. I can say Fenrir. Loki's <laughs> giant wolf son, who made a snack oh, okay. out of Tyr's right hand. The monster is seen rocking green leash, much like Gleipnir, the, the ropes that bound uh, Fenrir. Zygarde's 50% form takes on a snake-like appearance, not unlike Loki's second child, Jormungandr. And then its final, most powerful form transforms into a humanoid robot. You know, like Loki's child. Uh, <laughs> uh, reminiscent of Loki's daughter, Hel, who appropriately guards the uh, realm of, of okay, the yeah. dead, uh, aka Helheim. Sure. Sure. Cool. Love it. <laughs> Zygarde. 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 I don't know if it's... <laughs> it probably doesn't say that, I don't does think it? so. It pro- well, it probably depends on what form it's in. Right. That's true. Right? So. But I, I told Zygarde. that that mecha one talks. 
There's one of them talking Pokemon. Oh wait, like talk talks, like the way like a yeah. like a fucking like, um, like Mewtwo the Meowth does and Mewtwo and uh, like Meowth. Lucario. Yeah, I Meowth think sometimes talks depending. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Zygarde. Anyway, on that note, continue to let us know which Pokemon we are. I just uh, want to say the one for Patrick is very funny in this, so I'm waiting for Patrick to come back and we can we can drop that one. Great. I going back to the Christmas thing. I actually had a. Oh, sure. A small follow-up and question. Did your parents ever do things like that? Where they, once like, or twice. trick you? Because yeah. my parents definitely did that once in, like, the... Probably the cruelest way possible. Uh, uh, cruelest? <laughs> well, just, like, a lot of these are, like, you're sad for, like, a minute, right? Or, like, you're yeah. sad for, like, until you realize what happened. Yeah, my yeah. family tended to, and still does off and on, get together as a big group with our extended family, lots of aunts, so it was like, you know, 30, 40 people in the house, and we would all get together, and everyone would do gifts uh, together at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one year, um, I believe this was the year I got my N64, uh, we did that, and obviously I wanted it. I didn't get it. We stay the night. Next day, we head back home. Next day. We head back home, and when we get home, there's gifts under the tree. And, like, gotcha. that's where it was. But it was a full night of just, like, oh, I didn't get it this year. It's not happening. Yeah. The whole a big swing. Yeah, a whole that's night a- of, like, oh. It's like, oh, I guess Santa came by our house instead to drop these off yeah. uh, while we were gone. I was like... Uh, looking back on it now, it's just like wow, that wow. that is a long time to like That's sit on the, the 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 disappointment of. I mean, it's also no time because you weren't right. gonna play it until but you were as home a kid. Anyway. Well, no, yes. here's the thing: we also stayed up uh, till like three in the morning. Like, it's a whole gotcha. thing. Like, you absolutely would have busted that shit open, plugged it in, had a great time with the cousins. Um, sure. I think partially they were a little worried well, that, makes that it worse. because it's an expensive electronic, they didn't want it to be in a room where someone might kick it on accident or some shit. Yeah, sure, which sure, is possible. sure. But but I remember feeling like it was eons. Like it just, I was just sad for forever. Even though yes, it was only the sleep <laughs> and then the one hour drive home from from yeah. where we were in Miami, yeah. uh, and then getting in and opening the door. You know, like it's but, very yeah, funny. I think that's the the longest. Uh, version that you could kind of do of that. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. long time ago, I wrote for The Escapist about like the time my parents did something like this, but where basically they had laid out very clearly um, we were not going to get a new PC. Um, and we were at that point like a few years, like we were, we were still on like a slow 480, 486 chipset. Uh, at a time when, like, increasingly things were going past the 100 megahertz uh, barrier. So, like, we were pretty far off in terms of memory, uh, like, uh, CPU. Yeah. Uh, the, the PC just couldn't hang anymore uh, with anything that was coming out. And that was a bummer because I loved, uh, like, PC gaming. That was, that's what I was primarily interested in. And mm-hmm. they had made, they'd been very clear that, like, no, we don't have money for that. We don't have money for a gaming PC. And it became like a whole thing. And at one point I got just like really frustrated. And I was like, hey, I don't, you know, I think it was like my dad was trying to like get me, uh, you know, we were going through PC Gamer and he was like, look at all these cool games. And oh. I was like, dad, I can't run them. 
Like, I don't know what, what's the point of having this conversation? Like none of these run. Um, and I was like, honestly, I should just like cancel my subscription to this. Cause like, there's nothing here that is relevant to our, to, to our PC. Um, and at that point, like I got a really stern, like dad voice lecture about, uh, you know, entitlement, uh, you know, being, um, you know, getting moody and snotty mm -hmm. about like not having a good enough PC. <laughs> and I actually was pretty ashamed. I was, I felt pretty shitty about like how I'd acted and, and what I'd said. And so like, I completely abandoned the idea that there was going to be like, like, I was just like, Hey, we're stuck on a bad PC for the foreseeable future. Like we're talking like another year or two probably. Um, and I had basically been cool with that. And so Christmas morning came around and I'd actually spent a few weeks being like, you know, honestly, also back catalog games are great. Like, this is the thing. I've always been this guy. I, I was like, you know, really, though, these EA uh, collectors editions or EA classics with the boot disc that like uh -huh. frees up enough conventional memory. These games fucking rule. I don't need a new PC. I can just play, uh, you know, I can play privateer some more. I can play these you old could. war games. Yeah. Um, this, this, this shit's great. And then the, after we, that wasn't the one with doom 2000 in it, right? It was that earlier EA pack. Yeah, this is this is very old stuff. Like yeah, okay. EA Classics were EA Classics were basically them selling um just the CDs of games made by studios they bought and killed. Um <laughs> so it was like Syndicate, uh so Bullfrog uh games. Like you you just buy a thin little uh sleeve with uh EA Classic in it. And then they're like, "Hey, if you can make this run, like, you know, go with God." <laughs> Um, so well, and was, I had also had a bullfrog. It had theme hospital in it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was getting into all of this. Um, and then like after we'd opened presents on Christmas, my, my mom was like, Hey, there's, there's, um, something like downstairs, uh, like for the kitchen that we got to bring up. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's, let's go do it. And we get down there and it was, uh, an IBM Aptiva. Uh, it was a like a 200 megahertz uh, wow. like computer. Still not like cutting edge at that point, but like <laughs> night and day from what we were on. It was like right. we we had been like two years behind, um, three years behind. And now we were, you know, three months. We were, we were basically current. Uh, and it took me a long time to even recognize what I was seeing because like an Aptiva box, it's just a it was a it was a white cardboard box, right? With an IBM logo. And so, like, it looked like such a part of the scenery of the shit that was strewn around the laundry room that I was like, okay, where's this thing? And my eyes completely skipped over the computer in the middle, row, middle uh. of the room. I was like, I'm looking for an appliance. And then I'm like, wait. Um, and I was stunned. They got the whole big reaction. Like, no way. It's a new PC. But the weird thing is, and this is me. Um, I was almost on some level, I was a little sad that I'd gotten the PC because I was like, I had made myself okay with this. And I think my dad had had a point. And so I was like, I felt on some level like I was being, re being rewarded for shitty behavior. Um, and so it was this weird thing of like, I was really happy to get it. It was really exciting. But also there's this part of me. It's like, I don't know that my relationship with this shit is good. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm not, I don't know that my dad didn't have a point. Um, now, of course, the, you know, distance of years, I'm also kind of like, at the same time, my parents played the we don't have money for stuff card all the time. Mm. Um, and when they're using it as sort of a smoke screen, it made it, hard, it, it sort of fed into a broader sense of anxiety about like, is our family like, do we have money or not? <laughs> and the answer was no, but we had credit and debt. Oh um, yeah, I'm sure. And yeah. so like, I look back on all mm-hmm. this stuff where it's like, oh yeah, okay. So I was correct to not be certain about like, what can we afford? What can't we? Uh, I was, I was right. Um, but it does make, it does like scan is weird now where it's like, oh, this time we were using it as a fun sort of, uh, like distraction from the secret, like nice Christmas gift. But uh-huh. other times it's like, there's no money for college. And that is 100% the truth. <laughs> right. And the more important thing in this moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. 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 I, the, the, it can be really hard to tell what the situation is sometimes as a, as a kid, because I think, you know, we, things were always touch and go. Uh, for me as a kid in terms of money, but I think my parents both really wanted me to not have to stress about that. Right. Um, so did mine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think the thing they underestimated was I could intuit. Yeah, you can like, always, yeah, kids, kids are not, yes. Yeah, and so it was like, there was kind of a, I think, when I, when I think back on it, there's a part of me that's like, you know what, I wish I could go back and be like, you know what, you should just fucking level with me. what's the actual score here because i can tell there's some stuff happening in the background and there's some weird lifestyle changes that don't entirely make sense without some key information that you're telling me i don't need to worry about yeah right right it's tough it's tough to it's tough because i I get the desire to not want because it's not you can't do anything about it as a kid do you know what i mean i mean i again the, the the thing is that like the thing you can do is not complain about not having toys or whatever right. and and do your best to like understand that that comes second to like keeping the lights on you know um but but yeah i don't know i i get i get the impulse not to put that on a kid uh, even if i also get the impulse of like or even though i remember being like i can tell that shit is tight right now you know anyway that's that's childhood, baby. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap this up now, and we'll be back uh, next week with some more stuff. I hope people have a good weekend. Um, uh, is there anything on the site people should go read? Rob, any, anything you want to point people to over on waypoint.vice.com? Uh, we talked about the Hell at Loose stuff. Um, you know, the Motherboard Gang has been doing some good coverage of, uh, like, another ongoing story with an Activision product, uh, Warzone just continually being overrun with cheaters and uh, this sort of hit game kind of being, its community being sort of besieged uh, by the increasing sense that, like, it's harder and harder to find a straight game. Uh, yeah. Right. And, man, that is death to a community. Uh, mm-hmm. When people, I mean, I, 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 you will never convince me this wasn't a major part of, like, why PUBG lost momentum. There were so many people who were starting to feel like, Hey, this game's not on the level. Right. Like I'm doing my thing here and I'm seeing like kill cam replays and I like I don't think people are this good and I don't think they can anticipate shit this well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, go go check check those stories out. You can always follow us twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint waypoint plus to support everything we do here. 
uh, twitch.tv slash waypoint. We're going to probably try to do some sort of stream the next. I, I think we're going to try to do a stream today, Friday. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was going to be held at loose or something else, but look forward to that. <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll be back next week with more stuff. Uh, so look forward to that. Follow uh, follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. We can follow you, Rob. At Rob Zachney. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. That he was always the bow and flooding us. Use the track Miss You off the EP Pal Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B O E N. Until next time, fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. Stay hydrated. It's hot. Drink water. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.